You're listening to an Art Gallery of Ontario podcast. AGO Talks are recorded live in the gallery and feature artists, writers, and curators exploring how art shapes and inspires us. Please visit us online at agonet slash talks. Good evening and welcome. My name is Gillian McIntyre and I coordinate the adult public programs here. And it's a great delight this evening to welcome Harry Krishnan, who's the artistic director of InDance. So I've been looking forward to tonight a lot because this is a, a talk and a demonstration. And uh, I don't know if any of you saw the performance in Walker Court at the end of January. It was fantastic. And I was lucky enough to have Rex, who's, who works also with InDance, telling me some of what was going on. So tonight we'll, we'll have that. So the, he'll, uh, there'll be the, the performance, the demonstration, the talk, and then afterwards I think we'll have an informal question period with just with the musicians and the dancers and Harry. So welcome, Harry Krishnan. Good evening, everybody. Before I start, I'd like to introduce the company. The dancers are Nalin Besnav. Can we have some light on stage, please? Hiroshi Miyamoto. Vinod Shankar. The musicians accompanying them are, on the vocals, Sheila Parath. On the percussion, Gauri Shankar. And on the violin, Anadevi Mitradeva. Thank you. <clears throat> Modern India, as we know it today, is a very large country with several provinces, townships, languages, and histories, as well as fostering several dance and music, literature, and visual artistic uh, traditions. Here, I use the word tradition loosely, as the uh, traditional arts of India are always in flux and fraught with a web of socio-political <coughs> underpinnings, which I'll briefly allude to during the course of this lecture. India is also a country that prides itself with extreme cultural diversity. <coughs> Since its independence in 1948, there has been a rejuvenation of artistic uh, proliferations with regards to the country's dance and music uh, traditions. For the new independent India to take its place in the global world, the artistic uh, traditions were reconstructed and repackaged to this new global world. At in dance, we practice uh, Bharatanatyam, which comes from South India, particularly from the states of uh, Tamil Nadu and uh, Andhra Pradesh. Up to 1948, at the time of the uh, British Raj, this space was co uh, collectively known as the Madras Presidency. I shall limit my lecture to uh, Bharatanatyam, which Indansa uh, specializes from this particular uh, geography, as it was practiced during the 18th, 19th centuries. A quick note about Indian classical dancer traditions. There are popularly seven classical dance styles that have become uh, uh, 
the staple authentic dancer traditions in the first part of the 20th century. All these styles were reconstructed from the 1930s until the 60s using members of the indigenous communities who uh, professionally uh, performed these styles to create a new dance aesthetic that was palpable for global export as well as satisfying Indian expectations of classicism. And what came out of these reconstructions was the uh, training of a new community of modern-day practitioners, such as myself and my dancers, to perform these these neoclassical dance styles. Of these uh, seven major styles, Bharatanatyam, the classical dance style from South India, was the primary trendsetter in fostering the creation of a neoclassical dance aesthetic in the new independent India. Historically, Bharatanatyam, as we see it today, was performed at the courts of the kings or the maharajas in South India until the first part of the 20th century, as evident from the uh, maharajas' continuing legacy and the love for the arts and the patronage for the arts. Bharatanatyam continues to flourish around the world. Just a quick tie-in between this lecture demonstration and the exhibition. I would like to introduce one of my dancers again, uh, Nalind. Can I have some light on stage? Um, Can I have a little bit more light on stage, please? Thank you. Great. When you are experiencing the uh, Maharaja galleries, uh, uh, some of you must have paid particular attention to the long, beautiful scroll of in the royal spectacle section, which clearly depicts several dance vignettes. And when you are in the royal palace life section, you can uh, note our dancers' costume and uh, jewelry to the original royal clothing and uh, jewelry on display. And you will notice that the aesthetic of uh, the Maharaja continues to be a distinct influence in India's artistic legacy today. Thank you, Nalin. I bring to this lecture demonstration my individual lifelong practice as a dance artist and research uh, scholar. I draw my sources from my recent work compiled with my 20-year personal dance training with the uh, traditional members of the uh, Bharatanatyam community. Until the 1930s, this art form known as uh, Bharatanatyam was practiced exclusively by women who functioned as courtesans, and these women were usually known as devadasis. These uh, women were professional uh, performing dance artists who worked in guilds known as melams or dance troops. Their uh, performances were largely solo in nature. These women lived historically in matrilineal households and were amongst the only women in uh, pre-colonial South India who had access to education. With the advent of colonialism and the rise of Indian nationalism, Devadasis came under the uh, scrutiny because of shifts in India's moral framework. And eventually, after nearly a century of public uh, deliberations, the lifestyle of the courtesan community, the Devadasis, were outlawed by the state in 1947, very similar to the year India had achieved independence from the uh, British. At the same time, their artistic practices of music and dance were appropriated by Indian nationalists and represented on the contemporary uh, proscenium as the reconstruction or the reimagining of classical Indian dance. Most of our work at 
in dance has been uh, directed towards research and collaboration with these uh, with these uh, female dancers from the living Devadasi dance communities to help us better understand their lives, their uh, social framework, and their uh, craft. Indeed, much of the uh, repertoire that you'll be seeing this evening comes out of years of such research and working collaboratively with them. In the 19th century, Devadasis performed in three specific sites, the temples, the royal courts, and homes of wealthy patrons. In the temples, the Devadasis were contracted to perform at the time of festivals and other public events. These type of public performances drew in a considerable amount of revenue for the temple in itself. In some temples, one or two of these uh, Devadasis would perform a daily ritual task of using the medium of song and sometimes dance. So, for example, they would uh, perform a ritual called Pushpanjali, or an offering of flowers, where the dancer would symbolically place a handful of flowers to the main deity of the temple. Or they would sing a song called Lali, where the... Uh, um, uh, Symbolically, that the temple god would be ritually uh, put to bed. Here in this uh, photograph, we see one such last uh, of the uh, Thevadasi dancers from a temple dressed in a specific type of uh, sari as she sets out to perform these rituals. As mentioned earlier, the Bharatanatyam, which we see uh, today, directly comes from the royal courts and not from the temples as, as it is uh, popularly misunderstood. <laughs> Many of the kings from South India who are featured in the exhibition were the main patrons of uh, Bharatanatyam in the 18th and 19th century. The most aesthetically complex forms of dance comes from the courtly dance uh, culture. And this was the site where nearly all courtesans, the Tevadasis, danced. The major royal city where Bharatanatyam was nurtured, where the form flourished, was the city of uh, Tanjavur. <coughs> In the large courts, like here in Tanjavur, the very gestures and movements found in uh, Bharatanatyam uh, currently were uh, codified. Many of the kings which I'm going to be uh, talking about during the next part of this lecture are also found in the exhibition. At the royal court, dance was understood as a virtuosic artistic experience meant to entertain a sophisticated audience. And the last kings of Tanjavur, specifically from the uh, Maratha dynasty, went to great lengths to sustain, nurture, patronize great innovation in the present, uh, presentation of courtly dance. We see here in this uh, particular picture portraits of the last two rulers of uh, Tanjavur, the King Serfoji II and Shivaji II, who patronized the uh, creation of most of the genres and compositions you'll be seeing in this evening's uh, demonstration. The culture of dance that it was nurtured in the Tanjavur court spread to various other regions in South India, including smaller feudal courts such as this one known as uh, Ramanathapuram which was a very important site in terms of the dance's recent history. <clears throat> Besides dancing at the temples and royal courts, Bharatanatyam was also danced in the homes of wealthy patrons. The patronage of uh, the kings also gave rise to the culture of chamber or salon-style dance concerts in the 19th century. The salon style of dance employed courtly dance styles of uh, Bharatanatyam in private functions hosted by the social and political elite in colonial South India. 
in Tanjavur under the patronage of King Serfoji and Trivaji, uh, whom you saw, four brothers rose to great prominence as the architects of the new mode of presenting court dance. These four brothers, popularly known collectively as the Tanjavur Quartet, reformatted the uh, presentation of dance at the court, and Bharatanatyam in its uh, current circulation is based largely on their reformation. They also composed a number of songs and uh, choreography for courtly dance. My dance teacher, the late uh, Kitapapurle, was the fifth uh, direct descendant of the Tanjavur Quartet. So you will see many of the uh, compositions uh, preserved intact as he taught uh, it to me, as it was taught to him by his uh, ancestors. The hereditary repertoire of the Tanjavur Quartet and their uh, descendants survived not only in practice but also in the form of a number of manuscripts which was composed in the last part of the 19th century, both on palm leaves and paper. And in these, we, sh we find over 400 compositions meant for courtly and salon-style dance. In Dance has been actively involved in reconstructing several of these dance form manuscripts and presenting them on the contemporary Canadian stage. Before I talk about the actual dance form and the dance technique, I would like to turn to the most important part as far as, far as I'm concerned to the music accompanying uh, Bharatanatyam, which is uh, critical to the success of a good dance uh, performance. Music is the life breath of the dance, without which it cannot exist, and in dance is thrilled to be working with three master musicians here who have been accompanying us for the past 10 years now. South Indian classical music, or Carnatic music is what it's called, is the main staple to accompany uh, Bharatanatyam dance. So without much ado, I'm going to uh, request our vocalist, Sheila, to uh, perform a short lecture demonstration with the support of the other musicians. Thank you, Hari. Carnatic music, or Karnataka Sangeetam as it's known in Sanskrit, is associated with the southern part of the Indian subcontinent, which in modern India would be the states of Karnataka, Andhra Pradesh, Kerala, and Tamil Nadu. Uh, it is said to have uh, evolved from ancient Hindu tradition, and even though this form of music is a very structured and highly disciplined one, it does give ample scope for creativity and improvisation. Carnatic music is usually performed by a small ensemble, unlike the Western style of large groups of musicians, and it usually consists of the principal performer, usually the vocalist, with one melodic accompaniment, usually the violin, and one rhythmic accompaniment on percussion, which is usually the mridangam. So we're just looking at some of the usual formats, and this is usually the way dance is accompanied. Um, there is always the accompanying sound of the tambura throughout the music, and it serves as a drone. In this case, we have it in electronic form. So this serves to provide the shruti, which is going to be the next part of my explanation, which is the pitch, and which I believe is uh, equivalent to the key in Western music. And in our music, this is almost the soul of the music. A raga is usually born out of a prescribed set of rules for building a mel melody, so very similar to the Western concept of mode. The seven basic notes, or swaras as we call them, are sa, 
ri ga ma pa da ni so akin to do re mi fa sol la ti uh, tala in sanskrit literally means clap and it refers to the rhythmic um, or the 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 pattern to which the music is set this roughly corresponds to meter in western music and tala is indicated by a series of hand gestures so when uh, the musician sits down cross legged as i am uh, tala is usually depicted by um, beating on the thigh and for example when it's an eight beat tala which is known as adi talam it would be shown this way so that's how it's counted with the beat of the hand as well as the counting of the fingers and interspersed with the waving of the hand now there are many talams this is just one common one that i have shown you shankara bharanam is a raga which uh, in carnatic music is a very beautifully rendered ragam very popular ragam whose western equivalent is the major scale so i will just demonstrate that for you for your understanding do re mi fa sol la ti do it's exactly like that just with our own little nuance to it sa ri ga ma pa da ni sa sa Now, when these seven swaras are put together in a variety of combinations, they create the tune or the melody. And what I'm going to demonstrate for you is is at first a notation, just swaras without lyrics. And the particular one that I've chosen for you has in it a, a, a good amount of colonial effect. So you will see that it sounds a little bit like the tunes that you may be familiar with. Um, we'll play it for you. And following that, um, we will also sing the same ragam. now with lyrics uh, what i would like to mention is usually during a concert um, there is something called a tani tani referring to solo solo play and generally towards the end of the concert that tani or solo play is is done by the mridanga vidwan uh, the percussion instrument and and it is in that space that the percussion uh, is able to demonstrate some of its beautiful patterns and rhythmic um, you know um expertise if you will so we will end it with a little bit of the tani or the solo play
contextual in terms of dance music what is supplemented in addition to whatever uh, Sheila has uh, talked about is the uh, presence of the dance conductor who wields the symbols. These identically uh, tap out the various complicated footwork the uh, dancer presents and this mirrors that uh, complexity in addition to uh, the dance conductor um, vocalizing uh, drum syllables and we're going to give you a clear um, exposition of that once we come to the uh, demonstration of, of the uh, repertoire. <clears throat> now, the technique of uh, courtly dance in South India historically can be uh, divided into two major categories. Abhinaya and Nirta. The first and most prominent 
category is called abhinaya or loosely uh, translated as mime, mimesis or, or representational dance where the hand gesture coupled with the use of the face is interpreted when the vocalist is singing a piece of text. So it's text-based representation using uh, uh, gestures and the face. It essentially involves the uh, re interpretation of love uh, poetry, largely through hand gestures and uh, subtle, minute movements of the face and an intense amount of musicality. Now, this I like to uh, stress. Without music, there is no dance, as I had said. So the more musically uh, trained and musically sensitive uh, the dancer is, the more he or she is able to imbibe the notes and uh, use the dance as an extension of visual music. And that takes an immense amount of hard work, maturity, and life experience. The dancer interprets the uh, poetry of a song in a highly stylized, abstract manner. And the text of the uh, poem itself is not really a linear story, as once again a popular misunderstanding of uh, Bharatanatyam as being a dance about storytelling. It rather conveys a particular mood or using the uh, hand gestures to uh, convey a particular feeling through the use of metaphor and the allegories. Can I request Nalin now to enter the stage, who will uh, do a short demonstration? <clears throat> and hand gestures can be used to convey a variety of meanings. So while one gesture may have a specific name, Nalin will assume this gesture called shikara, in Sanskrit translated as a peak of a mountain. Depending on the text, this can be um, interpreted in a variety of ways. For example, she could show uh, shikara to um, represent a man or a soldier or some kind of masculine energy. It could represent a scribe's a kind of a writing implement, a bow, and if it's a romantic love poetry, to embrace a lover. The world of Abhinaya is a rich one, and the dancer has the ability to interpret anything, and I'm not kidding, anything through the usage of gesture, the face, and the body. As an example, I would like to invite one of the, uh, the audience members to provide a descriptive sentence in English, to which Nalin will improvise the Abhinaya. Just a simple sentence in English, just to uh, reinforce my point. Can I get a volunteer, please? Any sentence in English, just... Shout it out from there. You were beautiful today. Fantastic. You look beautiful today. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just uh, the beginning. Yeah. Nalin could uh, use this line as a kind of a main framework, and she could expand variation of after variation. Who is this you? Is it a man? Is it a prime minister? Is he a, a, a taxi driver? Who is this man? And what's the beauty? Is it internal beauty? Is it external uh, beauty? And looking uh, beautiful. How do you look uh, beautiful? What perspective is she uh, looking for? Are they in the, are they in the uh, bedroom or in a public space? What is the kind of interpersonal uh, relationship? Uh, depending on the dexterity and virtuosity and maturity of the uh, dancer, uh, the craft or the technique of uh, Abhinaya is a very, very satisfying and compelling and exciting one that can go on for hours and hours. And this is the, I like to point out, the legacy which I have imbibed from the uh, Tevadasi dance masters. Thank you, Nalan.
<coughs> sure. Could we have more light, please? Thank you. The other component of the dance technique is called nirtha, and this is abstract or, or non-representational dance that has no literal meaning, that is, movement for the sake of movement. This usually involves complex movements of the entire body, and these movements are set to complex beats. These, this uh, portion of the, of the dance is usually recognizable because they are uh, performed not to text, but to abstract sounds drawn from the uh, percussion instruments that manifest in uh, vocalized uh, drum beats, such as ta te te ta te 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 ta. I'd like to invite uh, Hiroshi now. And he will now demonstrate the three basic uh, positions in Bharatanatyam. One is a neutral uh, standing uh, p- position, as you see. The other is the full sitting uh, position. Finally, the most important is the half-sitting, the aramandi. The virtuosity of a competent uh, Bharatanatyam dancer is usually judged by how much he or she can hold this half-sitting uh, position throughout the entire performance and, uh, and also capturing the integrity of this no matter how fast or how slow the uh, movement pattern is. Thank you, Roshi. What we performed today as rhythmic technique of uh, Bharatanatyam was systematized at the Tanjavur court quite early in the uh, first part of the 18th century. The text is popularly called Sangeeta Sarambrata, the ambrosia of the essence of music, commissioned by King Thulaja. This text contains a long list and descriptive and description of dance units of abstract dance that were used by court dancers in Tanjavur. And this list is more or less the same as what we are used to in Bharatanatyam that is practiced today. The adava or basic unit of dance largely forms the basic pedagogical training of the uh, Bharatanatyam dancer. The adavas range from the most basic to the most complicated in terms of involving more um, complex permutations of the uh, body. The very first adava or step uh, the Bharatanatyam dancing student learns is called the tattadava or stamping step. Hiroshi will now perform the uh, very first uh, tattadava where the dancer sits in the half sitting uh, position and stamps on each leg individually one at a time. Traditionally in class, all these adavas are counted in three speeds, first, second, and third speed, or slow, medium, or fast. So these form a kind of the building blocks of uh, Bharatanatyam where the dancer lays the foundation 
upon which now she's uh, or now she's more equipped to learn more complicated uh, steps, which uses the entire arm, the torso, and the footwork. Nalin will now uh, demonstrate a simple phrase using the arms, the torso, and the feet. Dancer then goes on to learn more full-fledged movement phrasing where he covers space and creates a spatial uh, rhythmic pattern. In this case, the dancer moves from side to side. stage of the Adava pedagogy is when the dancer performs the Aradi or a triplet of steps performed to bring closure to a particular sequence of dance. These particular steps uh, display the uh, rhythmic uh, prowess of the uh, Bharatanatyam dancer. Now she's well equipped to start learning pieces in the uh, Bharatanatyam canon. So with this marks the end of the uh, pedagogical training of the uh, Bharatanatyam dancer in with this particular uh, step. present a selection of uh, pieces from Indance's rich uh, repertoire. These pieces, which you are going to see, are based on several years of research, like I said, and working with various members of the Devadasi communities in remote villages in South India. These pieces were historically performed in the royal courts of South India, particularly in the royal city of uh, Tanjavur. And they were all under the patronage of the kings, uh, the Maharajas, many of whom are featured as part of the exhibition. 
I would like to stress that while in dance is deeply involved in research and reconstruction of uh, traditional dance, we are essentially a contemporary Canadian dance company based in downtown Toronto. Our primary objective is to make Indian dance accessible, current, and relevant to a contemporary uh, Canadian audience. I've intentionally rearranged the spatial dimensions of all these pieces. I have uh, attempted to uh, kinesthetically re-choreograph these dances, which you're going to see, as contemporary dynamic movement-oriented pieces, thereby reimagining the Maharajas, the dancers they patronize as a very current Canadian enterprise, which, where I hopefully art cuts across history, geography, aesthetics, and the cultural human experience. Lofty thinking, but we'll see what happens. <clears throat> the Alaripu is the first piece in the uh, Bharatanatyam solo uh, canon. This is a highly abstract dance and has no specific meaning other than to convey the virtuosity of the dancer. It also functions as a warm-up for the dancer and musician who proceed to render more complex compositions uh, throughout the full-length evening. The alaripu begins with subtle movements of the eyes and neck and gradually develops into full-fledged movements of the entire body. The dancer uses the three primary positions which you saw, standing, full-sitting and half-sitting as a primary marker. The movements are based on visual and rhythmic symmetry. The word, the word alaru itself comes from the word to flower or to bloom thus indexes the symmetry and the uh, precise quality of this uh, genre. The alaripu is uh, performed to uh, rhythmic drum syllables, and the uh, performances of alaripu historically fledged open the uh, courtly dance uh, performances of uh, Bharatanatyam in the 19th century. Tonight's alaripu is uh, performed in the basic uh, rhythmic cycle of three beats. Tate, 
Salam Dharuvu, or Song of Salutations. It is a piece addressed to two kings from the royal city of Tanjavur, uh, Pratapasimha and Sarfoji. The dancer you see in this uh, photograph is one of my uh, Thevadasi dance teachers who's uh, performing the historical salam gesture. The salam is a colonial military style salute and was a common gesture used to uh, greet the kings of uh, Tanjavur in the 18th century. The gesture directly is uh, derived from the uh, British military salute. The text of the song is uh, divided into two sections. The first part is largely a description of the physical beauty of King uh, Pratapasimha. The second part is more of a love lyric addressed to King Sarfoji, in which the uh, protagonist, the female in the poetry, informs the king that she wants to be, she wants to be intimate with him. The uh, poetry is interspersed with small passages of abstract dance. I've choreographed this piece to be always moving, very much keeping with the aesthetics of the uh, court dancers, constantly moving around the uh, performance space to entertain the king and his ministers who are seated in a 360-degree seating uh, configuration at the royal court.
So as you can see from some of the uh, choreography, I'm not uh, privileging the front or the uh, frontalness where one is, one, one is so used to seeing in terms of a classical Indian dance aesthetic as the most important. I believe in using the entire space and the entire body as being uh, fundamentally significant in terms, of the, uh, in terms of space and in terms of movement. <coughs> The next piece is called the Swara Pallavi, a short piece once again of abstract dance. The piece was uh, performed in two contexts. First, the most commonly, the piece was uh, provided as a kind of movement uh, uh, break from the long sessions of poetic interpretation, which was the mainstay of Courtesan Salon uh, performances. The second and perhaps the more rare use of this piece was by the uh, Devadasis who dance in the temples to entertain the deity uh, at his uh, midday meal for lunch. So it was a lunch uh, performance break. The aesthetics of this dance is purely decorative. That is, it involves symmetry and graceful rhythmic movement of the entire body. In this piece, you will see rare vintage movements that are no longer as part of the uh, Bharatanatyam popular parlance. This now, for me, becomes the uh, prototype movement aesthetic of modern-day uh, Bharatanatyam, the Swarapallavi.
The next solo is called the uh, Ganapati Shabdam, is found in an 18th century manuscript from the ruler of one of uh, the early kings of South India, Shahaji. His court poet, Naranakavi, performed a number of short songs containing both texts and abstract syllables for both the uh, palace uh, courtesans. This song describes the god Ganapati, the elephant-headed god of beginnings, his two consorts, Siddhi and Bhutti, and the uh, composer seeks the blessings of uh, Ganapati on this particular king, the Ganapati Shabdam.
You've been a very patient audience. We just have three sh uh, short pieces to go. The next piece is another Halam song that is not dedicated to a king, but to a particular god. In this case, the masculine god Shiva as one of the uh, guardian deities of the city of uh, Tanjavur. On the banks of the Venar River in the city, there is an old 10th century temple dedicated to God Shiva, which was patronized by the uh, Maratha kings of the 18th century. The text of the Salam song is uh, performed to recitation. Please note the uh, masculine um, kind of subtlety uh, in the recitation of the text and drum syllables and I've uh, choreographed this as a piece for two male dancers replicating the shape of a rectangle simulating the austere architecture of the temple. Dalang gutum takata dikatatum takketita taka din ta din ta dikketa din taka din ta tau dikataka takketita taka din ta din ta dikketa din taka din ta tau dikataka takketita taka din ta din ta dikketa din taka din ta tau dikataka takketita taka din ta din ta dikketa din masculine piece now we come to uh, a more a, a more lyrical and a feminine piece which was very specific to the royal city of uh, Tanjavur in the 19th century it's called the uh, Kuravanji or song of the uh, Kura tribe this comes from a unique tradition of theater that was uh, once uh, performed once a year by the uh, courtesans on a special platform like you see here in the large uh, Shiva temple in Tanjavur its purpose was to entertain the, ma the masses and to appraise the King Sarfoji. This platform, the text and the music were all commissioned by the 
by the king's son, Serfoji II, around the year 1820, and the music for this play was set to music by uh, Tanjawur Quartet. The text is about a female who falls in love with Serfoji and asks a fortune-telling female from the hill-dwelling Kura tribe to advise her. Until about 1948, this song, this uh, particular play, was used to be uh, performed at the temple by the uh, Tevadasis. Here we see some very rare photographs of the last time this play was danced in the temple. Today, we present three excerpts which describe the entrance of the bold, confident, and proud fortune teller and her own descriptions of the various lusts landscapes which she has uh, traversed.
The final piece uh, for this evening is a uh, Jatiswaram, a most important uh, piece of uh, virtuoso in the uh, Bharatanatyam courtly uh, culture, in which this is a uh, musical uh, composition in which musical notes are set together in uh, mathematically interesting and challenging configurations. Dance movements are juxtaposed over top of this uh, structure, usually in a cross-rhythmic uh, manner which makes for a very exciting, compelling piece of movement. The result is a complex yet sensitive uh, alignment of musical notes and dance movement. This uh, Jatiswaram was uh, composed by one of the uh, members of the Tanjaur uh, Quartet in the 19th century. The full bodied movements you will see in this piece are more representative of uh, Bharatanatyam you see today. Please note the constantly evolving and moving uh, choreography where the dancer never, well, the dancers never linger in one space every time, keeping the uh, performance space active very much representative of that of a uh, royal court. So I've used the uh, royal court um, environment as a kind of choreographic template to set this piece.
We'd like to thank um, the Art Gallery of Ontario for giving us this opportunity. We'd like to thank uh, Julian McIntyre and uh, Catherine McClellan for all their support. We encourage you to find out about the courtly uh, traditions of uh, Bharatanatyam dance, to be a part of our mailing list, and to see what, we are, what our upcoming activities are by visiting our website in dance.ca. Thank you very much. It's been a very warm, patient, uh, and a very receptive uh, spectator. Thank you so much, and have a good night. I just want to, to thank Harry. That was a fabulous, well, what a lot of work you put into it. I can't believe the coordination that you need to do that. But thank you to the musicians. Thank you to the dancers. <laughs> thank you to Harry. And thank you to the hidden Rex, who's responsible for the costumes. Where is Rex? Does he ever come out? Yeah, so uh, the, everybody would be happy to take questions informally afterwards. I do want to mention that our next talk is on March 24th, and it is Dr. Amin Jaffa, who's the International Director of um, Asian Art at Christie's. So he'll be talking about 19th century and 20th century things that princes commissioned and collected, and that will be fabulous too. So thank you very much. Thank you. Feel free to come up to the dancers or musicians and ask those questions. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, we are kind of space space monsters in terms of we um, the way we uh, create uh, choreography is for a large uh, proscenium space. But uh, depending on the uh, space where we are given the uh, performance engagement, we always adapt quite easily. But uh, the sky's the limit. The larger, the better for us. Um, I don't teach as much anymore because of my uh, easy touring uh, schedule. So we, uh, we are more of a dance company, a professional dance club. But I do accept, um, unless you're really, really serious and focused and wanting to learn and willing to work with my crazy, insane schedule, then I accept uh, students. But I don't have a, a, f a formal school as such. I have a, a dance company. And we always are looking for new uh, professional dancers to work with us. Um, they are connected in some way in terms of the kind of uh, kinesthetic um, uh, quality of the way they treat the party. But in terms of history, there's a little uh, connection. But in terms of movement-wise, yeah, you can say that, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, one is the uh, musicality in terms of uh, dance, looking at dance visual music, the scope and level and intensity of improvisation. Uh, today's uh, Bharatanatyam is all set and structured. The dancer has to wave and shake the, uh, in a, a particular uh, number of times. So it's set uh, choreography. And historically, uh, depending on the uh, temperature of the audience, the Devadasis uh, would improvise the Abhinaya for long amounts of time because they would encompass life 
experience movement and dance and music as one entity. There was no compartmentalization as movement and life um, and uh, spirituality and music as separate. It was all part of the same complex um, entity. And it's in that complexity I found great richness. And unfortunately, we have lost that complexity uh, in the uh, the uh, second half of the 20th century where uh, Bharatanatyam has become more of a product rather than a way of life and an experience. Absolutely. Uh, the music is set. Uh, the music dictates the movement because with uh, a classical work as opposed to contemporary work where I create movement from uh, scratch uh, minus the music and then the composer comes much later with classical dance because it's such a rich, uh, sophisticated uh, uh, structure with the uh, the the way these, especially these, uh, these uh, compositions were composed, the uh, choreography is already half done for me because the music has already dictated what the movement uh, could uh, be. So what I have to do is uh, meet the uh, composer the other half and bring that music to life. And then my, uh, uh, the orchestra brings new life into their uh, rendition of these various uh, pieces and uh, create variation after variation to make it more interesting and make it much more uh, personal. Yes. Uh, currently, we have uh, five uh, Bharatanatyam dancers, and we are working with a whole bunch of new contemporary dancers now um, for our next uh, project, which is next month, actually, March 16th. If you're free, please come to the Flag Dance uh, Theater for our new contemporary work, Quicksand, for 10 contemporary male dancers. And you can find the information at the website. With Hiroshi being one of the male dancers. And uh, with Hiroshi, I'm very uh, fortunate because uh, Hiroshi is a, is a wonderfully skilled uh, contemporary, uh, Western contemporary trained male dancer, as well as a skilled uh, Bharatanatyam uh, dancer. So he's in the, in the dance studio, he's able to be equally bilingual, which is a great advantage for a choreographer. It was the uh, poetry and some musical notation, and there were some notes about what perhaps the uh, choreography could be. So there were more uh, suggestions rather than uh, choreographic notation. Absolutely. Some dance masters have uh, left notebooks, like for my dance master's uh, forefathers, um, they, their personal notebooks with the uh, choreography and music uh, were, uh, were, were passed down, and that's a great legacy. I am uh, privy to um, when my when my dance master uh, died, he uh, equated me with several of those notebooks, precious commodity. Yes, uh, Rex, would you would you like to take that co that question? Rex is our costume designer. <laughs> so uh, to answer your question about the difference between a Devadasi dance. This is part of the example set uh, structure versus life experience and just enjoying movement for the sake of enjoying the movement. I lose my job. I <laughs> <laughs> Do we have uh, another question? Um, the music is uh, notated. Uh, Sheila, you may want to feel, you may want to answer this question in terms of uh, Sure, historical. to a certain extent it would be notated. Not all of the music, especially with Hari, 
who, as you've discovered by now, uh, goes into the archives and pulls out something mm -hmm. that nobody even knew existed. Um, so obviously those pieces of music are not necessarily notated and ready to be rendered as it could be if it were. Um, what he has done in some occasions is had one of his teachers, it may have been one of the Devadasis themselves, uh, hum it or just sing it for him and he would bring it to us and then we would make sense of it because like I explained, when we know what the raga is, you know what the combination of the notations are and you make sense of it with those specific prescribed swaras that work out to make that tune and then we make it something that we sort of see. So in some ways, it is our vision, but the basic structure is uh, what it was. Absolutely. If you want to talk to me after, I would recommend many, many books. <laughs> yes, absolutely, for sure. Okay. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, you, please have a good night. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Art Gallery of Ontario podcast. For additional recordings, as well as information on upcoming programming and events, please visit us online at ago.net slash talks.